Buccaneers fans, draft fans, here we are on the Best in Class podcast, a very special edition. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com, but the star of the Best in Class podcast is its host, and that is Sean Sullivan, the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru, who also is the general manager of Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford presents the Best in Class podcast. You can find it out on the podcast platforms and at JoeBucksFan.com. You can catch up on your position breakdowns. Uh, but today, it is the annual mock draft from Joe Bucks fan draft guru Sean Sullivan, who uh, got seven right last year, and that may not seem so great, but it is great. It's fantastic. It's tied with Mel Kuyper. It is rare, and that included uh, nailing uh, Joe Tryon to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we're going to run down a, uh, a speedy yet insightful uh, role here on all of the first round, have a little fun. And Sean, I know you are at the Bill Curry Ford Studios, but more important, Bill Curry Ford, what an icon in the community they are, 61 plus years, you've got dozens of active charities that you give to, uh, you take care of the community with the nationwide lifetime warranty, uh, new and used vehicles, so rare and so fantastic, and you're always looking out with the Curry family for your customers, whether it's body work, service, and you're the rare guy who's going to take care of everybody personally and talk a little bucks with them. Sean, how are you today? I, I couldn't be better, Steve. Uh, it's game time, right? So it, we're so close to the draft, something I look forward to all year. It, it takes me back to my childhood, obviously, with the Buccaneers. And I look forward to the draft because, you know, we weren't making the playoffs. So I got started on the draft, you know, midway through the season. And it's something that stuck with me. And it's a passion of mine. And I love learning the draft. I love doing mock drafts and every, you know, everybody will tell you, Hey, you know, mock drafts aren't very accurate. I think mock drafts are more about learning the players than they are about, you know, being right. It's very difficult to predict trades in the first round. And there's a lot of smoke screens. These general managers are very good at leaking information that is false so that, uh, that the media picks it up and runs with it. There's a lot of that goes into this. I kind of get my information. I do a lot of stuff where I follow the Vegas betting lines because those guys are amazingly accurate. There's a mock draft community where basically you can uh, build your own mock drafts. And once you do like 100 mock drafts, I've done over 100 mock drafts, the players really start to fit in place. And that's when you hope that you can get to that seven, seven or eight number uh, correct, which would be terrific. And this draft is so interesting, Steve, because of the quarterbacks. No one knows what's going on with the quarterbacks. I mean, there could be five quarterbacks in the first round. There could be zero quarterbacks in the first round. You So in this year's draft, you have no idea where these guys are going, and that's going to screw up all of the later picks. So we've really got to figure out where these quarterbacks are going and how many are going in the first round because that really predicts the entire order of the draft. Absolutely, and there could be a lot of trades, or there could be a frenzy at the top of the second round if uh, there are quarterbacks available there, because whoever wants one in the second round might say, hey, we're we're going to go get him now, now that he's out of the first and we, we don't have to pay as much. So it'll be fun. Every draft night's fun, and I agree with you, Sean. The mocks are so much about learning the players. I mean, I'm not sitting around watching Charlie Cross play tackle at Mississippi State in the college football season. I'm not staring at Sauce Gardner playing corner. I know you wow. are. I know you are. But, yeah, he's uh, amazing. Yeah, that guy's that guy's amazing. But so, this this time of year is uh, when so many people dive in. So let's get right to it. I, I almost called you Irish, Sean. Almost called you. Yeah, Ira. that's all right. That's a compliment, by the way. You can call me Ira. The whole the whole podcast. <laughs> well, if anybody does want to call you, they can get your number at BillCurryFord.com. But right now, 
Sean, here we go with the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select. Aiden Hutchinson, edge out of Michigan. So this is an easy one for me. Uh, If Jacksonville takes another player, they get everything they deserve. This guy is a ready-made pass rusher. He's he's under two seconds right now on on his quarterback's sacks, which I I talked about that on the last podcast about how important uh, a coverage sack is versus beating your man. He consistently beats his man better than any player in this draft one-on-one and he gets to the quarterback in two seconds which is going to be a difference maker for the Jaguars and you're going to go into this year where Jacksonville already has a terrific pass rusher as you know um, out of Kentucky that we have discussed and you're going to add Aiden Hutchinson to that you're going to have an instant defense and I think you're going to see that's going to really help their quarterback out more than say a tackle at this position at number one or say a Trayvon Walker who seems to be moving up the boards based on just potential and not and not anything else. Yeah, it will be fun to watch them if it goes that way uh, with him and Josh Allen on the other edge. will be exciting yes, that's, stuff. That's going to be an amazing duo. I mean, that's amazing. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select. Trayvon Walker, edge Georgia. And I went in this direction, Steve, because Dan Campbell is a, you know, I follow the Lions um, better than, so I'm a Bucks fan, but then my second favorite team is the Lions. One, because they're owned by Ford Motor Company, which, as you know, I work for uh, as a general manager of Bill Curry Ford. And also because they are the biggest losers, you know, of the last, I don't know, 30 years. So as a Bucks fan, I, I am drawn to teams that are struggling and fan bases that struggle. And I root for them to get what I got, which is a Super Bowl, you know, with Tom Brady. So I root for the winning football for, for perennial losers. And Dan Campbell made it very, very clear in so many press conferences that he did not like Kayvon Thibodeau's attitude. No, I think Thibodeau is a better player. I think I would take Thibodeau. But if he's that much of a character concern and Dan doesn't think he's going to fit on his team, I think he goes Trayvon Walker out of of Georgia. He's a safer pick for a team-oriented guy, but Thibodeau is the more talented player in my opinion. All right, Sean. And, of course, regular listeners to your Best in Class podcast, they know that you are a Lions lover uh, because you you just want them to – Enjoy the success that the Bucks have had. Just a little taste of it. Just a little. Not a Super Bowl a over taste. the Bucks, but just a little yeah. taste. And, of course, you will never root for the Saints or the Seahawks. With the third pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select. Kayvon Thibodeau, edge out of Oregon. Because we know Lovey Smith does not care about character concerns based upon his free agents when he was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. So let's move to the fourth pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Amon Gardner, cornerback Cincinnati. The Jets get their Revis Island back. They got their shutdown corner, and that's when the Jets are really good. And I think that they're not going to miss that opportunity to, to draft somebody this talented at number four. Interesting, interesting. Well, that'll be an interesting look with uh, Jordan Whitehead back there for us Bucks fans to keep an eye on. All right, Sean, with the fifth pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. Ooh. The Giants to rebuild on the offensive line because they missed on Tristan Wirfs. They had the opportunity to draft him, and, they, and you know, unfor- and thank God we got him as a Buccaneers fan, and they drafted Thomas, and he has been uh, an average player at best. And I think that they really need to upgrade. And I think one of the problems you have with the Giants is. That offensive line has just never been consistent for Daniel Jones. And I think they go Evan Neal, who I believe is the most complete tackle in this draft. 
I think that he went against top pass rushers all year and won. He showed it again uh, at the combine, and this, and the, and I believe that he is a can't miss day one starter at left guard at left tackle for the Giants. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens if they do that, and then if they don't take Charles Cross, then of course uh, somehow with the way the Giants have been picking lately, he'll end up being the better player. But it's Evan Neal to the Giants with Sean Sullivan's fifth pick. Now at the number six overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Kenny Pickett, QB Pittsburgh. So I believe there's a lot of smokescreen going on here. I think that Matt Rule, who absolutely put the full court press on when he was at Temple recruiting uh, Kenny Pickett to be his quarterback. And he met the family and he spent a ton of time with Kenny Pickett when he was a college coach. And then, of course, Kenny Pickett decided to go to Pittsburgh. And I think this is a chance where Matt Rule isn't going to miss Kenny Pickett again. Kenny Pickett is the most productive, accurate quarterback in this draft. I think he's a day one starter. I don't think that he is a spectacular player. I think that he's that he's one of those guys that's going to come in and solidify the quarterback position for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, when you told that story about Matt Rule, it always reminds me of Greg Schiano, who spent a lot of time recruiting Mike Glennon down in uh, <laughs> North Carolina State and then uh, ruined uh, Bucks history by drafting Glennon in the third round uh, that season. All right. With the number seven overall pick in the NFL draft, the New York Giants select. Ed Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. The Giants went offensive line with their fifth overall pick, and I think they need a pass rusher. They haven't had a pass rusher, you know, since the USF. JPP. JPP, I'm sorry. JPP, uh, they have not had a pass rusher since J- JPP. As you know, they won all of their Super Bowls with a tremendous pass rush, and they, they have been lacking their star player, and I think Jermaine Johnson immediately gives them an upgrade on the edge. The Giants go into this draft offensive line and then defensive line and i think that that's what they're going to do with those two picks and i think that that's going to be a terrific addition uh to their team and give them some edge rush right away now at the number eight overall pick in the nfl draft to the atlanta falcons a team that you believe is tanking is calculated that is doing a calculated tank job they select Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Number one can't-miss wide receiver in this draft. I think that he has all the tools. I think the Falcons right now, their their best receiver was Russell Gage, and the Bucks signed him. They literally have no wide receivers on this team. Cordell Patterson, they re-signed as their running back slash uh, receiver out of the backfield, but you're going into this season without a NFL-quality starter on offense, and I think the Falcons – that number eight can't pass this up, getting a can't-miss guy that they can develop with with um, their quarterback that they're going to draft next year at number one overall. Interesting, Sean. Interesting. I just have a gut feeling maybe if they really are tanking, and I like your theory on that, that they go with the offensive lineman. You know, the, the wide receiver, if he's really good, he can ruin a couple of games for you. He can win a couple of games for you that you don't want to win. So I, I got my eye on that, but we'll see. We'll see. Number nine overall. With the ninth pick in the NFL draft, the Seattle Seahawks select. Equan Mekwano, offensive tackle out of NC State. So the Seahawks have been uh, an offensive uh, line purgatory for about five seasons now, where they cannot get this right. They're going into a season where, you know, they have Drew Locke as their starting quarterback at this moment. And I believe that number nine, I had to pick between Malik uh, Willis, which is I know that they've had a ton of interest in, or offensive line, 
and I know about the fifth year option and I know why the Seahawks would want that fifth year option um, on the quarterback that they draft. I just think that they have a, a, they can solidify that offensive line and the way they've talked to lockup. I don't know if it's, if it's all a smokescreen, but, but they have had so much positive press on this guy. I'm just trying to understand it. It could be a smokescreen, but I think the Seahawks are trying to fix that offensive line, and they go with one of the best, who was my second best tackle in this draft, which is Quano out of North Carolina State. Wow, Sean, I'm impressed that you were able to talk that much about Seattle without vomiting. I'm very, uh, very impressed. Well, that's for the fans. I did it for you guys. I yeah. did it for you. And, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Seahawks shouldn't have a franchise. Uh, for, for those unaware, uh, and you got to be a little bit older to understand, the Seahawks and the Bucks entered the league at the exact same time. So they, by virtue of that, they were natural rivalry rivalries. So when you were little kids like me and Sean and you had those little plastic football helmets and you, you liked the Bucks, you couldn't stand the Seahawks because they were like the, the instant rival, even though they weren't rivals. So, But it, some things don't die, and that's Sean and the Seahawks. Pick number 10 overall in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select. Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. I think it gives Wilson an upgrade at uh, wide receiver right away to pair with Elijah Moore, who was a a very, very good pick last year. And I I think that uh, the Jets are going to get some firepower on offense. And I think that they have time to wait three or four, maybe maybe six games into the season before Jamison Williams could come in. And I think that they're they're in no hurry to win right this second. You know, they, they have a starting running back in Michael Carter, which they got out of North Carolina last year, and now Elijah Moore. And now you're going to add uh, Jamison Williams, who's, uh, who I believe without injury would be the number one receiver in this draft. And I think he's too much to pass up at number 10 for the New York Jets. Now, next up is Washington at 11. And I view them as a big wild card in this draft because I don't know what they're going to do. I think they very well could trade in either direction. And they've got various needs, but they're not a terrible club. So with the number 11 pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select. Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. My rationale with this is you, you, you traded two picks to get uh, your quarterback. And we don't, you and I both don't know how he's going to perform. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles gave up on him. Frank Reich with the Colts, you know, was involved in, in drafting him, and he gave up on him after one uh, season. And basically, you're going into Washington, and they're going to give this guy a starting chance. And you have um, Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State, which, what to me, if you listen to my podcast last year, we talked about Scary Terry all year long about being one of the best receivers in the league. But he gets double teamed and triple teamed. The uh, Commanders really have nothing else on offense. And I think it really showed at the end of the season. And I think Alave immediately gives them an upgrade on offense. And I, I believe that the commanders are going offense or they're going offense and they're going to go wide receiver. I agree with you on the philosophy, Sean. Uh, McLaren was somebody on my fantasy football team all season. So somebody I paid a lot of attention to. And yeah, when well, he gets those double teams uh, all the time and uh, he's not Mike Evans, but he's a hell of a receiver. And he could really one of the guys in the league who could really use a break from the, the constant uh, pressure that he's under. Number 12 overall, Minnesota Vikings in the 2022 NFL Draft. Select. Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback LSU. This was the easiest pick for me because I think that he was made to be in the purple. He just fits everything they're trying to do, and I think that he's a if he's there at 12, I think the Vikings run up to the podium. All right, number 13. We're back to the Houston Texans. Their pick from the Cleveland Browns at 13 overall in the 2022 NFL Draft, 
Houston selects. Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. The Houston went with an edge rusher uh, on defense, and I think they come back and get the best safety in the draft to help Lovey Smith's design of passers, you know, for his defensive backs. As you know, Lovey Smith, everywhere he's been, has had one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. When he's been a head coach, that was uh, the Chicago Bears and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then he went to Illinois and actually broke the collegiate record for the most yards given up by uh, a college team receiving. And I think he goes to Houston, and I hope that he changes up his his philosophy. Um, but he puts a lot of emphasis on the safeties, and I think that he sees a, a top safety, he's going to take him. So I think I think Lovey goes edge and safety in this draft, and I think I think it's a terrific pick. And I think that Kyle Hamilton is one of the top five players in this draft. I think his 40 time, uh, everybody got a little worried when he ran a 4.59, which, by the way, is not bad for a safety, especially a 6.4 safety that, that, that roams the field and plays every position. And I think that they get a steal at 13 with Kyle Hamilton. And just for Bucks history buffs, uh, I was in the room at One Buck Place when Lovey Smith was grilled on allowing a 70% plus completion rate to opposing quarterbacks. And he looked everybody in the face and said, completion percentage doesn't matter. And that's all you need to know about Lovey Smith. With the 14th overall pick in the 22 NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens select. Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. I think that the Ravens have needed a, a strong tackle. They've had a lot of loss on the offensive line, and I think that this is a no-brainer. All right, Sean, I agree with you. I just don't think he's going to last that long, but we will find out. We will find out. That's what makes the draft so much fun. Pick number 15, the Eagles pick from the the uh, Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia selects. Jordan Davis, defensive lineman out of Georgia. They're going to shore up their their run defense immediately. As you know, it was a big problem for the Eagles last year. They're not going to miss on Jordan Davis if he drops to, thir- to 15. All right, now we get to the team that everybody loves to hate. The number 16th pick through their trade via the Eagles. The New Orleans Saints select. I just want to make sure, Steve, that I have to select something for the Saints. I mean, is this is this a, a must that I can't just skip them for the for two picks, or do I have to make their picks? Uh, you could... I, I'm joking. They traded up. They obviously made a, a terrific trade for themselves to get two first-round draft picks within five picks of each other. I don't think they're going quarterback. I think they're going wide receiver Drake London out of USC. All right, makes sense for Jameis Winston. Take some pressure off Michael Thomas. And uh, frankly, uh, I just hope Olave isn't here for them. That would be ugly, and uh, we don't we don't need that in our division. So I think that Drake London is the pick here, Steve, because the the most success that Jameis Winston had was with what receiver, Mike Evans. And what is Drake London's comparable wide receiver in the NFL? It's Mike Evans. So I believe he's going to get a big, fast target. Jameis is going to feel comfortable with Drake London right away, uh, and I think they're going to have an instant connection. Makes a lot of sense. With the number seventeenth overall pick, the Los Angeles Chargers select. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. I think this is a no-brainer for the Chargers. I think this is a, a, um, a definitely a done deal as long as he's there at 17. I think the Chargers need to get one of the top upcoming best quarterbacks in NFL. Uh, Justin Herbert, who's my boy, uh, who you know the Miami Dolphins should have uh, drafted. I'm going to still harp on that because I think it's crazy how, how these guys evaluate talent. I believe that you get him that help, and he's going to be absolutely sensational. His wide receivers and running backs are all set. That offensive line just needs some help. I think they get that with a powerful uh, Trevor Penning, who's also plays with an attitude. Um, At the Senior Bowl, he's very aggressive. I think he brings a lot to that offensive line. Yeah, when you think about how Dolphins fans know that they should have drafted Matt Ryan in 2008, 
And then a generation later, they miss on Justin Herbert. Crazy, crazy stuff. With the 18th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Eagles with their pick from the Saints select. Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. And I believe if you talk to Ira and Lee, they'll tell you that he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Not like Amika Parsons from last year, which I hyped up and hyped up for some reason. A lot of teams didn't see what I saw in, that, in, in Mika Parsons. And, and on your podcast, I said that he'd be defensive player of the year for the rookies. And I was just wrong a little bit because he was um, he did he did win that. So I was correct about that. But I didn't think that he'd be in for a defensive player of the year running. And he was. And I think Devin Lloyd is is not as good as Mika Parsons, but he's the guy that's going to make an instant impact in the NFL. I think the Eagles will get an instant upgrade on defense with Devin Lloyd. I think he's phenomenal. All right, we're getting closer to the Buccaneers pick at number 27 as we hit the 20s. All right, back to those slimy Saints, Sean, with a 19th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. New Orleans selects. Trent McDuffie, corner out of Washington. As you know, Ooh. that the Saints are going against the Bucks for the NFC South, and they're going to draft a, a corner that they can put right in to to help compete against what the Bucks are putting on the field. And, and obviously... Uh, the Rams are putting stuff on the on, on the field. So the Saints are going to have to get better at defensive back, and I think they go Trent McDuffie. I think he's a, he's a day-one starter. Yeah, he is, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe they, the Saints might lean more toward the trenches, but you know, Dennis Allen changes the game here. It's harder to predict what the Saints are going to do, in my opinion. But uh, that's a strong pick for them uh, if they actually make it. So let's hope they take uh, – Let's hope they take a kicker. Let's hope they take a kicker. Um, yes, let's hope they get their franchise revoked for, for gambling on football or having Bounty Gate. You know, that's, that, I'm still upset that they didn't lose more, but okay, we don't have to talk about that. But go ahead. With the 20th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select... Malik Willis, QB Liberty. I, I believe that Tomlin is uh, infatuated by him. If he makes it to 20, I think it's a no-brainer. It could be a smokescreen because I know he likes Desmond Ritter a lot out of Cincinnati, but I think I, he, I think he envisions this offense with Malik Willis, and I think he gets the fifth-year option by drafting him at number 20. That's my problem. If you draft these guys in the second round, you only have control over them for four years. And if they actually develop and turn into something, you definitely want that fifth-year option. You have to take him in the bottom of the first round. So my pick for the Steelers is Malik Willis, QB out of Liberty. All right. By the way, he was the most unaccurate quarterback in college football out of the top quarterbacks. He, he was, it wasn't even close. He also threw the most interceptions. He does have the strongest arm. And yes, he can run like Michael Vick, but he also struggles reading defenses at Liberty. So I wonder how he's going to struggle in the NFL. He's definitely a developmental player. All right, Shaw. Now this is another spot where I think it could be a little bit of a turning point in the first round. Pick number 21, the New England Patriots select. Zion Johnson, guard, Boston College. So the way the Patriots and the way Belichick drafts uh, guards and offensive linemen, if you look at what he does uh, consistently, he finds these guards in the bottom part of the first round that become Pro Bowl players, and he waits for the draft to come to him. And I think that uh, if Zion Johnson's still on the board at 21, I think that he was born to be a Patriot. Well, that that might make me cry just a little bit, Sean, but between the uh, offensive linemen that the Patriots got rid of this offseason, it, it makes all the sense in the world that they knew, hey, we can get one of these stud guards. We like both of them, and uh, we're going to go grab them. We'll see. There's always a chance they take a cornerback, so I've I, I got my fingers crossed that maybe 
Zion falls a little bit, but we'll see. All right, pick number 22, the Green Bay Packers select. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. I think the Packers are going to double dip at wide receiver in the first round just so they can have five-year control based upon their bungling of the Devontae Adams situation. I think Traylon Burks brings a lot to the offense with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's time that the Packers give Aaron Rodgers the weapons that he needs to, to win. I won't help because he'll still choke in the playoffs because he's a choker. And uh, he's a terrible human being, by the way, too, Steve. So, But anyway, he's a good quarterback, and I think they're going to give him some weapons finally this year. And I think they're going to draft Traylon Burks out of, uh, out of Arkansas. All right, so no Jahan Dotson to the Packers. All right, number 23 with the 23rd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select. Kira Elam, cornerback out of Florida. I think that he goes to the Cardinals because they need help on that on the uh, backside uh, right away. I think he gives them a starter from day one. And I think they need a physical corner for that defense. So I was kind of stuck between pass rusher and corner on this one because the Cardinals need a pass rusher because they lost you know, their top pass rusher, Chandler Jones, in the offseason. So Kyler Elam is, is a guy that I think comes in and plays right away and gives them some secondary help because their secondary is atrocious. <laughs> All right, I kind of have a feeling that you're going offensive line with this next pick as a loyal right. as a loyal best in class listener and of course you can subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, various platforms out there. It's called The Best in Class with Sean Sullivan presented by Bill Curry Ford. And all right, with the 24th pick in the NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa, guard and center. Gives them a lot, and I think that he is definitely cut to be a Cowboys offensive lineman. Yeah, he looks tailor made for that team and that uniform, and just uh, you know, just plug him right in there and uh, jack that and offense up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you're good to go. That Cowboys offensive line, they want to run the ball, they want to protect Dak Prescott, they want to get down the field. Um, they need some help on the offensive line. You know, they lost. Um, you know, uh, a tackle and a guard in the offseason. And I think that they're going to go right back to the offensive line. I think that's been a proven thing over the last 10 years for them, but that it's made them a playoff team is keeping that offensive line strong. And I think they go right back to it. With the number 25 pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select. Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback Clemson. It was really hard for me on the Bills pick because everybody wants them to take a running back. And, and if you follow the mock drafts, there's a, the, the first running back off the board goes at 25 to the Bills. Uh, I just don't think they're going to spend a, a, a 25th pick on, on the, a running back right now with the depth at running back and the fact that no one's high on the running backs. I think they go with a, a, a can't-miss corner and Andrew Booth, which is Lee's favorite player in the draft. I think he immediately gives them makes them a contender on that backside. I think um, although the cornerback is obviously one of the hardest positions to play besides pass rushers, according to Bill Parcells is a rookie in the NFL. I think Booth comes right in and starts for the, for the Buffalo bills. Yeah. I think he would come in and start. They've developed guys very well. And who, who knows how, uh, how healthy white is going to be up there. And I don't think they want to lose that identity of the defense, even though everybody looks at them as uh, Josh Allen's team. All right. Pick number 26. The Tennessee Titans in the 2022 NFL Draft select. George Kaloptis, the edge out of Purdue. I think the Titans are looking for a pass rusher. I think that that, that Kaloptis is a, is a terrific pass rusher. If you look at his times, he was third only to Aiden Hutchinson and um, the Penn State uh, rusher as far as time to get to quarterback. I think he gives the Titans an instant upgrade on their defensive line. And as you know, the Titans have a blueprint 
get, of drafting pass rushers and defensive line to keep that defense strong. At times last year, the Titans' defense was just dominating. And I think that uh, they're not going to pass on a pass rusher. Got to throw it out here. I would love to see that guy in a Bucks uniform. I'm not afraid of competition. You know, yeah, we drafted Tryon Shoyinka last year, but okay, maybe Karloftis is better. There's nothing wrong with having uh, a stout rotation of young guys. You know, I don't know. I, I like that guy. I think he could do a lot. You know, we got to uh, we got to get younger on those uh, on those edges and across the uh, the defensive front. All right, drum roll. A lot of fans have been waiting for this, Sean. And of course, it is the Buccaneers, number twenty seven overall pick in the twenty twenty two NFL Draft. Tampa Bay selects. Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman, Georgia. I think he instantly upgrades our pass rush on the interior line. I think he gets into a rotation with Vita Vea and Sue, because I think Sue already is going to resign. I think he probably has a contract in place, and he's waiting till after the draft. But I think that he comes in because, as you know, Vita Vea plays 35 snaps a game. One day we'll figure out why. Uh, Sue plays more snaps, but Sue, but pass rushing, I know, is a is a thing that Jason Light talked about on, in the offseason was we're not getting enough interior push. Todd Bowles talked about it, who's our new head coach, that he wanted more interior push at defensive line. And I think if you go into the second and third round, yes, there's a lot of depth at defensive tackle. But where is your pass rushing defensive tackles? That's the first round. You're going to be able to get a plug-and-play guy in the second round, sure, like a Logan Hall. You know, Travis Jones is one of my favorite players. But I just think this is too high for him uh, based upon potential of pass rush. Whereas Devontae Wyatt gives you pass rush from day one, pushes the pocket, requires double teams right away. So if you think about it, you put him next to Vea, and we have a, a defensive tackle combination that's going to last us, what, the next five, seven years together? They can play together, and you're going to have pass rush, and you're going to have Vea at the nose, and you're going to have a terrific run defense. I just think this is a no-brainer. The only question I have, Steve, in my mind right now is what Jason Light's thinking about uh, Devontae Wyatt's domestic violence charge. That's the only thing I can think of that would stop them from drafting him is if he's on their board and they don't like his character, which obviously his character has been very good at Georgia, but he has made some mistakes. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into these first round draft picks that you and I will never know that these research that they do and what they find that never gets to the press, you know, on these guys. I'm just hoping Devontae Wyatt is a good man and, and you know, and that he made a mistake and that he falls to 27 and he can play for the Bucks and and have a great career here. Yeah, it is amazing, the research, Sean. I, I will share with you, I can't give a lot of details, but I do know somebody in that business uh, that's contracts with teams and organizations to vet players. I've done my share of research on that level before professionally, and somebody reached out to me for help on a top pick in this draft that they thought had an arrest for something, was tied up in the federal legal system. Turns out it was somebody with the exact same name, uh, was not the guy. But the depths to find out what happened there, what it really was and who it was, uh, extraordinary. And, you know, these teams do put in their homework. We'll see. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, he's going to look good. Did you see the story we had on Joe Buck's fan, Sean, that uh, that was Gerald McCoy's number one tackle? Listen, as much as uh, as Bucks fans, we felt like Gerald McCoy never lived up to his billing um, as a draft pick. He was a solid player for the Buccaneers. He just wasn't a good run stopper. And I think, you know, he was a good pass rusher as a, as a, as a uh, three technique. And I think when we drafted him, I think that there were expectations of being a star. And he was just a, a good player for us. And I, I feel sometimes that he gets a bad rap about it. I, um, and I think that some of his personality brought that on, too. I don't think that he was always nice to fans as far as his critique and I think he was very defensive about some things but 
overall, he has to understand the defensive tackle position. He has to understand how to break down tape. I think he's a very intelligent man. I think he understands the game. And so I would take, I would definitely take his recommendation and, and say that it's important because he understands that, that position and how to play. Back to this Packers second bite at the first round with pick number 28, the Green Bay Packers select. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. So I think the Packers double dip at, at receiver. There's some top guys in the country that also believe they did a double dip. Uh, as you know, we have the Packers taking Traylon Burks out of Arkansas and now Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. I think that Jahan Dotson at 28 not only gives them uh, Devontae Adams type player, but it also gives them a special teams ace player. It's uh, Jahan Dotson. I know that's why Lee loves him so much because Jahan Dotson has the best hands in the draft. He has the best route tree. Most college receivers run two routes in, in college football. And as you know, when you get to the pros, you have to learn a full route tree. Jahan Dotson already runs a full route tree from day one. Day one, he comes in and he can play. Uh, I think he fits perfect in the Packers offense. Uh, I don't want to see it. I'm not saying I want to see it. I'm saying I think that's what's going to happen. But whether Jahan Dotson goes at pick 22 or he goes at pick 28, I think he's a Packer. Uh, and I think that that's, that's sure. going to happen. All right. So now, speaking of double dipping, another team with two first-round picks is the Kansas City Chiefs. And those picks are back-to-back at number 29 and number 30. So, Sean, I'll ask you to put them together with the 29th and 30th picks in the 2022 NFL Draft. The best-in-class selection is? Sky Moore, wide receiver, Western Michigan. And at number 30, Daxon Hill, defensive back, Michigan. Sky Moore has been moving up the board, and the more research that's done on him, he's a very Steve Smith-type receiver. He's very physical, has terrific hands, had a four three seven guy. I think Sky Moore is the closest to Tyreek Hill as far as a player. And I think that Sky Moore steps right into that role. But I think he gives the Chiefs something that Tyreek Hill doesn't have. And, and Sky Moore is a brute. Like, if you watch him, not only can he block, but he's so physical and he wants to scrap and fight on the field. Very much like Steve Smith did with the Carolina Panthers. He's, he's an over-the-top physical wide receiver. He's built like a running back. But he has the speed. He has amazing speed. He runs terrific routes. He can play inside, outside. I mean, it was either Christian Watson here or Sky Moore. And I just think Sky Moore is a better fit for the Chiefs. And then as far as Daxton Hill is concerned, as you know, the Chiefs lost a honey badger in the offseason. And they signed Justin Reed. But Justin Reed doesn't play the same position. So what I think you're going to see is the Chiefs um, got thrown on. They, they, the Chiefs have lost playoff games based upon their defensive backs playing so poorly. And if you remember, the, even against the Bucks, they played poorly. Last year, again, they lost for their defensive back issues and their safety issues. So I think they wanted an upgrade, and that's why they let Honey Badger go. They wanted an upgrade of physicality, of speed in that position. And I think Daxton Hill gives them a corner and a safety at the same time and, lets, and, and gives them a nickel as well. So I think he instantly upgrades their defensive backfield. I think he's a star player, and I absolutely love Daxton Hill. And... Uh, I think he's going to have a terrific career. All right, Sean, before we hit the final two picks, uh, give us your 45-second summary of why the nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles at Bill Curry Ford is something special and something to be proud of and something everybody needs to know about. Well, I'm very proud of it. It took us three years to develop it, and I'm proud of the fact that it's not just nationwide, but um, a lot of customers come in and say, well, I've seen this before. I've seen this at other dealers. And I say, well, please let me explain the difference. 
Um, some of my competitors have a lifetime warranty just on new cars, and then you have to do service with those dealers. So say you're, you had a job promotion and you had to move to, say, Jacksonville. Well, and you don't do your service at that competitor, they're going to take away your lifetime warranty. What we developed was a lifetime warranty that enabled Bill Creek Ford customers to travel to Michigan. They can move to California. They can go anywhere they want. And that warranty takes care of them. They can do their maintenance at any Ford store in the country. There's over 4,000. They don't have to do their maintenance at Bill Curry Ford. They just have to do it at a Ford store to make sure that they, that the maintenance is being done over the course and lifetime of the car. And then the lifetime warranty covers. And this is the biggest difference. It's not just, it's not just the uh, exhaust manifold, which everybody says, oh, that's just a limited warranty. This covers engine, which is top and bottom of the engine. It covers the transmission. It covers the exhaust manifold, which I spoke about before. It covers water pump and fuel pump. It covers all gaskets, which separates it from all lifetime warranties. No other lifetime warranty in the country covers gaskets. We cover serpentine belts and anything that oil runs through in that car. Anything that oil touches, runs through, is covered for life. And, and that includes your transmission. So just think about that. You buy a car from Bill Curry Ford, and it's a a brand new F-150 and you want to drive it for 10 years and you want to put 200,000 miles on it, guess what? If your transmission goes out, Bill Curry Ford puts a brand new transmission in your vehicle and keeps you running. I tell customers all the time, the car will stay running. As, I mean, I'm not going to guarantee the air conditioning and the radio. That's on you. The rest of that car will stay running for as long as you own it, period. As far as the used cars, I have a class exclusive used car warranty that's best in the United States. Most dealerships don't do warranties on used cars past one year or six months. So if you buy a certified Ford car from any Ford's dealer that's certified, it's a one-year warranty. If you go to, say, an off-brand that's not Ford, like a Lexus or Mercedes, it's a six-month warranty on a used car if it's certified. And you can buy extended warranties, of course. What we offer at Bill Curry Ford is if you buy a Ford or a non-brand, say you buy a, give you, for instance, a Hyundai or a Toyota or a GMC or a Chevrolet, we warranty that used car for life. And when you buy a used car, what's the number one concern? NADA says the number one concern is the fact that it's used. You don't know what's wrong with that car. You just hope and pray that that car doesn't have problems in two years or one year. That's why you buy the pre-owned car. But you know that somebody probably traded it in because there's a component that's not working correctly and you hope that you don't inherit their problem. At Bill Curry Ford, you don't inherit problems because I guarantee it. I'm giving you a lifetime warranty in your used car so you can feel comfortable when you come in and buy a 2017 Hyundai with 65,000 miles and you're buying it for your son and, he, and you're, he's going to back and forth to college and that transmission goes out. That's a $6,800 bill, guys, for a transmission nowadays. Bill Curry Ford pays the entire bill. That's the difference, and that's what we stand by with our customers. Yeah, it's very special. I bought uh, my uh, pre-owned uh, Subaru I got at Bill Curry Ford. It's I can't believe it's over three years at this point, but I'm uh, I drive around with a smile on my face, knowing that hey, if uh, you know if I can blow some gaskets or something, uh, hey, I'm calling Sean and it's taken care of, and he'll he'll probably give me a sandwich too as well. So uh, True. I'm glad you laid it out there, Sean. BillCurryFord.com. All right, we got a two minute drill here, Sean, to close out. Two minute drill. For two final picks, with the number 31 overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select. Kenyon Green, guard Texas A&M. This is a guard that Vegas has going to the Bucks at 27. He was ADP. His average draft position is 27. 
Vegas has uh, the best odds of the Bucks selecting an offensive guard at 27 at plus 150. I'm hoping that we don't go guard in the first round. I know that that's what all the, the pointers are saying. I would rather go defensive line. But I think the Bengals have upgraded their offensive line, obviously, by taking a Buccaneer. They, you know, they took our right guard, who was one of our draft picks, and they took the right tackle from the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that they're going to go back in and get a talented guy like Kenyon Green, who can start at left or right guard uh, immediately and does have some tackle experience in a pinch. They're going to try their best to get back to the Super Bowl and not get their quarterback murdered because it was embarrassing seeing how bad that offensive line was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they've got the Patriots uh, offensive lineman in there as well. I forgot his name, but uh, they've got him too. Uh, Caracas, right? Yeah. The, the center? Yeah. Uh, I think there's a great chance they do that. And uh, I don't think that guy's going to get out of the first round regardless as well. So that's another factor. All right. Well, I think he's going to the Bucks, the Cowboys, or to the Bengals. I think that it's when you're doing a mock draft, you just have to figure out what the best fit is. And uh, all the research I've done on the Bucks, I just think they should go interior defensive line unless Devontae White is not a good person. And that's what they figured out on the other side. Then they're going to go offensive lineman, and Zion uh, Johnson's not going to be there. So the pick would be Kenyon Green if – I think if um, they don't go Devontae White, if he's not there, I just think that that's a possibility, and Vegas does too. But the Bengals are upgrading their their deal, and I think then the last pick of the draft, which you're going to give me the intro on. With, uh, with the number 32 overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select. Desmond Ritter, QB Cincinnati. So this was a hard one for me, Steve, because I love Sam Howell out of North Carolina. And I think he fits what the Lions are trying to do. But this guy, Desmond Ritter, threw for 70% of his uh, completion percentage. He was a three-year starter at Cincinnati. He got better every year. He can run. He's mobile. He's very accurate with the football. Very rarely throws interceptions. Very rarely fumbles. Um, He interviewed. He's married with a child. He interviewed as a top professional. As a matter of fact, if you research the combine, he was was voted the best interview by all of the uh, coaches at the combine. So that tells me what kind of man he is and what kind of young man he's going to be, you know, for a team. And the Lions have to use this 30-second pick on a quarterback. And I explained to you real quick, Steve, the fifth-year option is a big deal. If the Lions want to have Goff for another year, they have Goff, I think, for what, tied up for $28 million this year for the last year. And then next year, they're freed of his salary cap, his salary, next year. So Goff is starting this year, I mean, because they got to pay him. And plus, they don't have a competitive team this year. So it's not like you're going to lose anything. But if you select the guy at 32, whether it's Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter, and you're going to get you're going to get time to develop him for three years and see what he is, and then you have the ability to pick up that fifth-year option, and then you can franchise him. So you have seven years, really, on, the pre- on that 30-second pick. And I think that's super important with the way these quarterbacks are getting paid, Steve. $55 million for Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, isn't worth $5, in my opinion. But then he also... Uh, handicapped his entire salary cap. Your salary cap's $200 million. You took $55 million of it and then let your top receiver walk out. I hear um, you, Sean. I hear you. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, the, the the Lions definitely go quarterback there when you look at the fact that they get the fifth-year option and they have the 34th overall pick two, two picks later. So they're in really in a prime spot to grab a quarterback. Is it Matt Corral? Is it your guy? Uh, we'll see. They're, they, they're going to have options, and there'll be a lot of debate. Sean, this was fun. We're going to be keeping score. We're going to run the tally sheet. I may even put it out on social media. It might drive you back to social media to see it, but I don't think so. And we'll have fun with it. We will keep track of you. Best in Class podcast is always at JoeBucksFan.com. 
Apple Podcasts, leave Sean a review. And of course, you can always reach out to him, best in class at billcurry.com, best in class at billcurry.com, and follow the dealership on social media, Bill Curry Tampa. Sean, uh, say goodbye to the folks. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please listen to me at Best in Class at, uh, on Joe Bucks Fan. It's, uh, it's gaining a lot of momentum. I've got so much super stuff. It's, it's like one of my favorite things to do. I'm so passionate about it. I appreciate everything that you do for me, Steve, and, and allowing me to do you know my dream. You know, This is what I would have done had I not been a successful general manager at one of the top stores in the country. This would have been my life, and I appreciate you giving me the platform very much. Awesome, Sean. Thanks so much.